0: In a world where cancel culture seems literally hell-bent on silencing its next victim, in a world where anyone stepping outside the echo chamber of whatever pre-approved narrative designed by nearly all of the legacy media is labeled a conspiracy theorist or a lunatic, is there a way to effectively and boldly reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there a way to find the courage to be different than the status quo? Today's guests are here to talk about it right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skywatch TV. Today, we conclude what has been a fascinating series on New World Order and cancel culture. But before we dive into this last installation, let me introduce who's in studio. He's a Bible teacher with a Master of Divinity degree from Talbot University, retired financial business analyst, and valuable voice in biblical prophecy, Jonathan Brentner. And one of my favorites, he's the author of countless best selling books that have been distributed into the hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide. And a dear friend of not only our ministry, but my family, Mr. Terry James. <clears throat> Gentlemen, it's always such a pleasure to have you, Terry. Always feel like your family when you come out and visit. We love you both so much, and we feel that what you've done with these two works is so timely and so important. And really, honestly, Uh, Both could be used by churches, uh, you know, to put on clinics, to prepare people for what is ahead in terms of the rising of the new world order, and also how to confront and deal with cancel culture through some of the examples that are in the Bible, through some of what, Jonathan, you describe as the bad guys of the Bible, some of these colorful characters who we can learn a lot from. If you missed last week, go back to the archives and watch. We started our investigation into the book cancel this. And I'm gonna read you the subtitle because I think it speaks for itself what today's church can learn from the bad guys of the Bible. And it's being paired with Terry James and Pete Garcia's new book, New World Order, Worlds in Collision, and the Rebirth of Liberty. I think this is the elephant in the room, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of the challenges of our lifetime is to deal with the, the, the realities of this new world order that is absolutely forming and is malevolently moving towards their agenda to crash the banks and to bring in a digital replacement currency to devalue the dollar, and to basically ultimately lead to some kind of a social scoring system that gives the government control over its citizens, and of Mm -hmm. course, by extension, all of what used to be our civil liberties, and all of this is being preconditioned by the yeah. echo chamber propagandist media, if you want to call them media. Media is supposed to report the news, but I think we're a long ways yeah. from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Most of the good stuff you can learn that's available now, both in terms of healthcare care as well as politics, are actually individuals doing the hard, heavy lifting of research, imagine that word, mm-hmm. uh, on private podcasts, uh, these smaller audience-driven uh, platforms where people are actually scouring for the truth and then reposting it. And of course, many of them labeled conspiracy theorists or lunatics. In the book, though, Cancel This, we talked last week about how some of these characters uh, stand to show us a lot about how to deal Mm -hmm. today with the whole notion of cancel culture Mm -hmm. and how to cope with the way that the world is Mm -hmm. boldly and to contrast our belief in Christ and the hope of the gospel Mm -hmm. uh, in contrast to the status quo, A world who is maybe blindly following the status quo, who thinks panelists at a place like Skywatch as the ill-informed and the naive. In your book, you talk about one of the main character flaws in the life of Esau. How do you think that that can be used uh, today in order for us to help relate to that story?
1: Okay, well, one of the big problems Esau is he lived strictly for the things of this world. And I believe he wanted his dad's blessing because his dad's blessing would bring material blessings. And, of course, we know that Jacob tricked his father Isaac into getting that blessing. And then Esau was so mad at him that Jacob had to flee because he was afraid that Esau might kill him.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: 20 years later, you see that Esau shows up and he has 400 men with him. So, obviously, he's very prosperous. He's very affluent. And I believe that was one of the reasons why he could forgive Jacob and move on because he had everything he thought the blessing was going to give him. And so there was this disdain for, for spiritual things. And, I'm not, and I believe it took Jacob a long time to learn that. I, I love the character of Jacob, by the way. But it took Jacob a long time to learn that. And how it relates to today is that so many people live for the things of this earth, hmm. of, this, right. of this life. That's right. You know, I think America is so materialistic, and it's hard to escape. That's it. right. You know, it takes me a lot of effort to escape the materialism that's around around us. But it helps to see that the days are shorter, and mm. and we have a great advantage to Esau. As we have the whole New Testament, we know the promises of Jesus coming. We know the fulfilled prophecy, but Esau lived strictly for the things of this world. And if you're doing that today, especially as a Christian, then you're not going to want to meet Jesus in the air, unfortunately.
3: Well, and you find out after the fact, perhaps sometimes when it's too late, that the blessing you did get when you went after what the earth can offer you is, is counterfeit. Compared to the blessing that that God had originally intended for the calling on your life and the purpose and plans that he laid out for you since since time immemorial, since Mm -hmm. the beginning (laughs) of the earth, right?
0: Why did you include the story of John Mark in your book? I mean, how can his story encourage believers today? I think we're living in a time where people need encouragement.
1: Uh, Well, first of all, it shows that God is the God of second chances, you know, and I describe in my book a little bit and also in my previous book, you know, my my time as a pastor was very, very difficult, much opposition. And, you know, really, I felt like a failure afterwards. And I grew up in a very legalistic church. And I remember hearing a sermon way back when that, you know, if God puts you on the shelf, you're done. You know, just forget about any service for him him in the future. And that really stuck with me. But but God is the God of second chances. The fact that I've been able to write this book shows that God is the God of second chances. Right. Uh-huh. And, have a, and write this book and have it published, I should say. And I think that it just shows that, that failure doesn't mean the end. You know, yeah. you think of the example of Abraham Lincoln. Look how many times he lost elections before he won the presidency, and yet he was the man that God had in mind. Wow to lead our country through the Civil War, but God took him through many failures before he brought success to him.
0: The title of the conclusion to cancel this is called, quote, Life Will Never Go As Planned, unquote. I think a lot of us can identify with that, right? So that's a good place to conclude, right? (laughs) Uh, Explain what you mean by that and, and some of the basic lessons from the book that we can apply to
1: that. Okay, well, first of all, I think you were pretty much mentioned that, <laughs> that for most of us, life doesn't go as planned. There are a few yeah. rare exceptions where people can say, yeah, everything just worked out like I thought it would, but but not for me. I had no idea the, the different paths that right. God would take oh, me sure. on, yeah. but he... Put everything together. As I was talking with Tom earlier, you know, all the things in my life kind of came together for me to retire and start writing on a full time basis. And as far as the, the basic lessons of the book, it's really dangerous to let negative emotions control you. A lot of the yeah. people in the book made horrendous decisions because they let their emotions control them now negative emotions pop up we feel angry at times and all these things happen but it's a matter of dealing with them and not letting them control us and also it's the necessity of living with a two-world perspective and I know that a lot of these characters they didn't have the New Testament obviously but they knew enough about God they knew enough about the Lord, to know that this life wasn't all there was. You know, David in the Psalms talked about eternity. Um, Abraham, you know, believed in a resurrection. He was looking for a city, and the um, book of Hebrews tells us. He was looking for a city, which I believe with, will be the new Jerusalem, is what he was looking for. And if you live just for the things of this life, you, you miss out, mm-hmm. you know, and you need that two-world perspective. And this is what i Living out the gospel means that we recognize the seriousness of our sins. Mm-hmm. And I think most of these guys, they didn't they didn't recognize it. Even Cain didn't didn't recognize it. Yeah. And wow. And speaking of Cain, that's also something I forgot to mention earlier is that is that in my book I clearly present the gospel two different times. I present it in the introduction and also in a chapter of dealing with Cain. And so if you have and say friends who are who are familiar with the bible but you know that they're just attending church with nothing real sure. you can give this book to them mm-hmm. and yeah. and they can hear the gospel they can read the gospel I should say and yeah so that's one of the things that that's the benefit of the book too. It clearly explains the gospel in two different places. Right. I
3: love that the gospel is so clearly represented in a very understandable terminology. It doesn't leave any audience behind. Nobody is lost in a bunch of complicated you know jargon mm-hmm. really. And right now, and this is according to a very, very recent statistic according to the Barna Research Group, thirteen mm-hmm. percent only of all Professing Christians in the West read their Bible regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This book is more timely now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. The Bible is considered hate speech in a lot of the, you know, Absolutely. current social and political climate. Mm-hmm toxic masculinity is becoming a blanket statement that represents anybody that can say, you know, I'm, I'm a man and I'm proud to be a man. We have all this, all these movements going on that are challenging the very foundational teachings of what the Bible says when it comes to being a woman. What do, does the Bible say about being a man? What are you supposed to do with that masculinity, that femininity? How do you relate yeah. in a society that is cancel culture? Mm-hmm. So I love this. Because this book is as timely now as it's ever ever been, mm-hmm. it it's it's not filled with jargon. the it, The truth flies off the page. It preaches the gospel. It helps people understand the calling th- that they have on their lives. I love this book.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and it's and so
3: good for both men and women.
0: <laughs> and as was said, you know, um, a week or two ago, that uh, it also has at the end of each chapter, it has uh, student points. If you yep. will. Yeah, yeah questions uh, teaching points. So mm-hmm. that if churches want to get the, the deal that's in our yeah. store where they can buy them by the case yeah. a huge discount, yeah. then they could teach classes on this or home study groups right. or the yeah. pastor could use it for Wednesday night lessons or whatever. Yeah, that's so very and good. it's very uh, timely. Yeah, if you understand the condition of the world, um, a lot of people that are nervous about the, the way that kids are being brought up, the mm-hmm. kinds of stuff they're learning at public school, a book like this is actually an opportunity. And so is the generation that's there to be ripe. I mean, they're there to be... Uh, persuaded they're there to be taught the hope of the gospel in contrast to so much of the diabolically bad news that they're hit with all the time well ladies and gentlemen we want to make sure that you know how you can get copies of these incredible works in the brand new final agenda super collection and stay with us to the end of today's program when we give you just a sneak preview of the coming judgments dvd featuring jonathan brentner pete garcia and terry james watch this
2: With a global, one-world cabal rising, it is time for the remnant of God to prepare spiritually for what is coming like never before. Skywatch TV is proud to announce the Final Agenda Super Collection, when you order the Final Agenda Super Collection from the SkywatchTVStore.com, you'll receive the brand-new book by Terry James and Pete Garcia, New World Order, Worlds in Collision, and the Rebirth of Liberty. This groundbreaking new book puts on full display all the telltale signs of the impending collapse of Western civilization that are all around us. From the out-of-control national debt, corruption at every level of government, cities suffering from rampant crime and lawlessness, the intentional sabotage of Western Eastern education systems, and the growing potential for nuclear world war. New World Order also navigates the globalist agenda to merge ancient paganism into modern technology, to excise God's created order via the Great Reset, and explains how individuals can and need to confront all these issues head on. But that's not all. When you order the Final Agenda Super Collection, you'll also receive Jonathan Brettner's brand new book, Cancel This. This incredible new work from acclaimed author Jonathan Brittner takes a zoomed-in look at precisely what we as Christians can learn from colorful characters throughout the Bible that are often thought of as bad guys. Cancel This examines what led to their disastrous decision making and total lack of sound judgment that would ultimately bring total destruction to their lives. By exploring these historical biblical accounts, we ourselves can learn profound lessons about how to avoid the same anger, bitterness, greed, pride, unforgiveness, and even the desire for vengeance into today's toxic cancel culture. And as a total bonus, each chapter of Cancel This concludes with thought-provoking questions organized in a way that can help readers apply solid biblical truths in group Bible studies. But we're just getting started. You'll also receive Absolutely Free While Supplies Last, the best-selling book by Terry James and contributing authors like Dr. Thomas Horn, Jonathan Bretner, Bill Salas, Pete Garcia, and so many more. Trajectory, tracking the approaching tribulation storm where you'll learn why so-called woke insanity, cancel culture, and the mainstream media are indoctrinating our social, educational, and even military institutions with anti-God, anti-America as founded sentiment. You'll also learn about emerging topics like pandemic tidal waves, catastrophic weather changes, Mideast malevolence, and so much more. But we're still not done. The Final Agenda Super Collection also includes the amazing DVD, The Coming Judgments. Join Terry James, Pete Garcia, and Jonathan Brittner as they delve into great detail on the seal, trumpet, and bowl judgments listed in the Book of Revelation. This exclusive DVD also features Jonathan Britner's presentation entitled Hope in the Rapture where you'll be shocked to find out why the Thessalonians were grief-stricken regarding the rapture upon receiving the Apostle Paul's first letter and how you can be free from this very same trap. Sold separately, the items in the Final Agenda Super Collection hold a retail value of $85. Yours right now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone to place your order at skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the Final Agenda Super Collection today. Jonathan, I want to get
0: back into the interview here. Most of your writing talking about the book Cancel This is about biblical prophecy, and people that have seen you on Skywatch TV before Mm -hmm. or that have followed your professional ministerial career know that you're a big... Bible prophecy advocate, teacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've written blogs. Of course, we published your last book, The Triumph of the Redeemed. Mm-hmm. How does your latest book relate to future things?
1: Okay, well, first of all, when you talked about it in regard to Esau, you know, my first book was about a two-world perspective, which is what many of the bad guys didn't have. Mm-hmm. They just lived solely for the things of this world, except for John Mark, of course. And I also As I was thinking about that and thinking about the lack of mercy, the lack of of forgiveness Mm -hmm. that those guys showed for other people, I started thinking about, you know, way back in early church history when replacement theology, which teaches that the church replaced Israel and that God rejected, um Israel, also known as Islamillennialism, a lot of that sprung from the hatred of the Jews. And they didn't realize that Jesus willingly gave his life. He came you know, he didn't come to, to rule. I think he came to give his life and to serve many. I, I got that. I got John ten forty five. a little reverse, but, but it's there. <laughs> you know, he, he came to, to serve many and to give his life as a ransom. And they forgot that it was their sins that also put Jesus on the cross. He died for all of our sins. And so they got to thinking, well, the Jews don't, they don't deserve this kingdom. Mm-hmm. And In looking at at Romans 9 through 11, and and I want to do some more writing about this, but you see that that Paul is emphasizing God's mercy. You know, God's mercy to us Mm -hmm. and the fact that, that we have justification by faith. And of course, in chapter 9, he talks about God's choice of Jacob. And he quotes God as saying, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy and compassion on whom I'll have compassion. And then you get into chapter 10, and then, you know, it's whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah. And then you get yeah. chapter 11 starts with, with you know, God has not rejected Israel. And then there's a section in there about, about God's mercy. It's all about God's mercy. Our justification by faith came because of God's mercy for us, primarily Gentiles, although many Jews are saved as well. And then God's future saving of the Jews is all about his mercy. It's about his mercy and compassion. And then you have Romans twelve one. You know, Paul says, therefore, you know, because of the compassions or the mercy of God, you know, and then he goes on to talk about how we should live, you know, giving and it's his application section of, of the book, I guess. But it, it just really hit me. And I want to do a little bit more writing and thinking about this, that the people today who blame the Jews and think that God has rejected them, they don't realize that, that no, God has not rejected them. It's God in his mercy is going to restore them. And it's a lack of compassion for the Jewish people that causes them to, to follow this errant theology
0: what are the dangers of living the christian life by a list of do's and don'ts i know i said that last week i mentioned there's this list of do's and don'ts for people that kind of framework their lives that way like if i do enough good things that makes yeah. me saved by default yeah. or i'm a good person yeah. yeah or if i don't do this or that then i might be better than someone else yeah. or closer to the messiah than they claim to be what is the danger of that coming up with this sliding scale of principles or do's and don'ts and how does that relate to the characters in your book
1: well first of all if it gives us false expectations of what God might do. Mm-hmm. Um I think that, you know, after I went to Bible school at John Brown University, then to Talbot Seminary and was a pastor for six for six years, then my life fell off the tracks. You know, it was this, I was unprepared for that. I'm thinking Okay, God, I did A, B, and C. Yeah. Why aren't you blessing me? Why right. You know, how could all these bad things happen to me yeah. after I did all these good things to you? And I think that's the the role because we can never un, fully understand God's purposes for us until a little bit later down down the line. And and there was something that John Eldredge wrote in in his book *Waking the Dead*, which is also a very good good book. You know, he's he says systems of morals are. Religions can provide principles for a better life, but only Christianity can teach you to walk with God. Walking with God is not putting him in a box, it's not saying, right. "Well, look at this guy over here, what yeah. what you know, cuz God has different purposes for right. for yeah. each one of us and Absolutely. it's all different." And so if you just try to put God into a box of of, "Well, you you blessed you bless so and so this way, why not me?" You can't say that. And I also think that a lot of things we don't understand about our experiences here in this life will be crystal clear in the millennium when we see the roles that God has for us when we reign with him.
0: Oh, for sure. And a lot of our questions are going to have to wait till then because, I think so. you know, you're right. In, in our human finiteness, a lot of us want to look at. What we see others have, yeah. Uh-huh. I know that healing is a big point of yeah. difficulty for a lot of families. Yep. Mm-hmm. When they feel they've they've petitioned the Lord for a, for a health result that maybe didn't materialize yeah. the way they had expected yeah. it to, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe they had somebody in their church that did. And Lord, what have I done? Why why won't I receive? Why oh, didn't yeah. my? Or just other things that we would framework as mm-hmm. blessings. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. finances are are a thing for people. You know, they worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, not having enough. And it looks like somebody else who maybe in their view serves the Lord with less fervor has more. And (laughs) so we, we are going to have to wait until we stand before him someday. And I think probably, and I think you guys may agree that a lot of the questions we think we're going to ask him will be irrelevant the minute we stand (laughs) in his presence. So these people that say, you know, the Lord's going to owe me an explanation. You know what I mean? But anyway, no, getting back to the book, because we've covered so many of the colorful characters Mm -hmm. uh, in your book that people would think of maybe as the bad guys, and you've highlighted so many lessons that can be taken from their their lives by example. Mm
1: -hmm. What
0: can we learn from some of these bad guys that will better equip us, I would even say the church, to confront the cancel culture of today?
1: Well, first of all a lot of the cancel culture of today as we talked about earlier, shows no mercy, no regard for God or god's word or codes that he has or his morals and I think that that's exactly what the the bad guys did they had they wanted to throw off God, throw off his control of their lives, and live their lives as, as they please is you know going forward is is what they wanted to do, and I also think that it just shows that. You know there is power in someone living out the truths of the gospel. And I believe that 's one of the things I bring out as far as why this book speaks to the cancel culture. You know the Lord may may lead different people to do different things to be, mm-hmm. to be um, to take on a more active role of confronting the cancel culture or or writing things like I do about um, the signs of the times, but basically, it just comes down to living out the truths of the gospel and you know in in sharing your faith too I share my faith primarily through writing but there are other ways to share your faith through, through tracts and that but I think it's just meeting the cancel culture where they are they can't they can't fight against living out God's word in front of them right. and the, the sad thing is that as Donna brought up earlier is that so many people don't read the scriptures that For sure. so many believers don't read the Bible that's that's so sad. You know, my wife and I watch a lot of old TV shows. And you can tell just by watching some of those shows that the people back then knew a whole lot more about the Bible than they do now, yeah. just with the, the yeah. passing references that they would bring up. Right, mm-hmm.
0: Terry, with just about a minute and a half left on the clock, I'd love to hear from each of you very quickly. Final thoughts, the church, people out there looking for hope, what, where are they going to find a meaningful hope?
1: When we see this new world order coming in around and choking us out, trying to, uh, to totally take us away from God, we're to listen to Jesus' words, what He said to us. He said, mm-hmm. while I say to one, I say to all, watch. Well, by, by this book uh, and by Jonathan's book, uh, we are watching, yeah. and you can't get any more glorious than Jesus' return, and mm-hmm. so yeah. that's where the great joy and comfort comes from, from God's Word. Amen yeah and for me, I would say it's just like one of saul's problems was that he didn't believe god's promises it's just believing god's promises, holding on yeah. to his word and to what it says and sometimes you have to read passages over and over like like maybe psalm forty six mm-hmm. you know and or first thessalonians four or, and other passages like that, and a lot of times you know i'll end my devotions or my time with the Lord just hugging the Bible because mm. that's, that's the truth. Mm. That's what I depend mm-hmm. on for my salvation and for, and for my glorious hope in the future.
0: That's Amen. Yeah. We've been talking with Jonathan Brentner and Terry James about the new books, New World Order, Worlds in Collision, and the Rebirth of Liberty, and also Cancel This, What Today's Church Can Learn from the Bad Guys of the Bible. Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this series with us. Those are both available right now in the Final Agenda Super Collection. Don't delay, make sure you get yours today. (laughs) Unfortunately, we're all out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, for everybody here on panel, everybody here in studio, I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a sneak peek of the Coming Judgments DVD featuring Terry James, Peter Garcia, and Jonathan Brentner, available now in the Final Agenda Super Collection. Watch this.
1: And so we see that this world is just becoming unglued and then slanderous. and. It's so Everything is so much about destroying the other person. And politics has become, it's not just debating issues, it's who can destroy their opponent first. And then some examples of this include lawlessness. We all have heard about the crash and carry thieves out in California and other parts of our country where they break into high-end stores, they steal all that they can Can grab and rush out and get into their cars and drive away. Lawlessness and then violence. I think that we saw violence a couple summers ago and we may be headed there again as well. And then deception. Now deception during World War II was limited really to Nazi Germany or to the Axis powers. But now it's just so widespread. We have the internet and there's just
3: so much.